0: Lock Talk Radio. Come on, 40 people get down, get in the
1: car. Come on, 40 people get down, get in the car. 40 people get down, get in the groove. Burn, remix, oh, go make you move. Ripping microphones is a habit, I got the fetish. Cooling in the crib with the brutes, and that's on the public Loud, Giving you something that you can bounce to. Surround sound, tailor made the work. L-O-R-D with militia. coming to get you. a vivid 3D picture. D-I-D-E-V, Mr. my girl the mic, Mr. ripped
2: the... it. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak.
1: Let's ride until you feel me. Let's until the sun burns out.
2: Thank you once again, Rob. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this extra special season four premiere first day of spring episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com live from the Gatorade studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by Guinness Blonde American Lager, a crisp, light, flavorful beer brewed in the Guinness tradition with Mosaic and Willamette American hops. Guinness Blonde American Lager is now available where beer is sold both on tap and in bottles. Guinness wants to remind you to drink responsibly when you enjoy a Guinness Blonde American Lager. Greetings and salutations to all the bulkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the dizzle Dave Gerzak. Tonight, we'll take a look at where some of the second wave of free agents ended up, as well as how Dynasty startup picks stack up two dynasty rookie draft picks plus FFPC double dynasty $500 league winner. Todd Aaron drops by to give us some dynasty insight into the upcoming 2015 season. Shout out to the chat room right now. Brothers mayhem rednecks road warrior all hanging out in there guys. Feel free to post any questions you might have. Uh, right in the chat room. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFF or at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak, facebook.com slash the high stakes fantasy football hours, where to connect with us there. 347-426-3682 is uh, of course our phone line. If you want to give us a call tonight, that's 347 game over high stakes, fantasy football at gmail.com is the FedEx inbox. Our producer and mutual friend, Rob, as well as our audio and engineer, Bryce will get all those emails to us in our fantasy feedback segment later on in the show, Dave, season four. They said it couldn't be done, but we're kicking it off tonight, baby.
0: Yes, we have seasons. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, which you still didn't understand.
0: I'm trying. To, I'm trying to figure this out. So, like, this is our new season. Now we talk about 2015.
2: Well, we we kind of were beforehand, but we we put a bow on everything in 2014 with the um. You know, we kind of settled up the I got five on it last week. We looked back at our first round mocks, and now I think we're officially you know, metaphorically turning the page to 2015 tonight.
0: So, so talking first
2: day of spring, are we are we, are we, are we balls in to 2015 balls into 2015? We're not even talking about 2014 until we get Todd Aaron coming on tonight. And to tell us how we <laughs> won his 2014 FFPC oh, dynasty. So league. We are going back. He was in a couple of 500 uh, dynasty leagues with his father. Say uh, that again. Todd Aaron was no, in a couple no. of say,
0: what? say 500, 500. That's not how you said it.
2: Five. What'd I say? 500. Yeah. He was in a couple of 500 leagues <laughs> last year with his father. They we're won not, both we're of them.
0: Not, you know, we're not any different than Atkins. We talk the same a lot of time. We uh, we're, in, we're in the 500 league.
2: Yeah, well, that we were not, but Todd Aaron was, <laughs> and we're going to talk all about how he won those leagues and all the hundreds of dollars that he won <laughs> uh, for winning those leagues. So our,
0: our accent is really, its terrible. I wish I could fix it with some. What do what do they call the people the speech vocabulary yeah, speech what
2: pathologists? My aunt's a speech pathologist.
0: Pathologist sounds like curing cancer. What are they, what, there's no other term for that? Yeah,
2: my aunt does not cure cancer, I'll
0: tell you that. Your aunt? She she cures uh cannot. cancer of the speech. She cannot. Yeah, she cannot cure cancer. <laughs> All right, back to what whatever. Blabbing, you're doing.
2: If you guys want to get involved with the 2015 FFPC season, you can sign up for both draft experts and classic leagues right now at myffpc.com. Play Dynasty today too, as well. There's some Dynasty leagues that are looking for new owners.
0: Yeah. Uh, By the way, so okay, let's be honest. Yeah. There's some really crappy teams out there that we're discounting the hell out of. So come on, we need Dynasty owners to take these 1250 or 2500 leagues. Right. I mean, some of these teams are 500 bucks, 1500. Make an offer. There you go. There's my sales. You get a
2: great deal on them.
0: They're really not as bad as they look. There's some good players, good draft picks. Come on in. Water's warm.
2: Yeah, you can get a great deal on them. If you don't pay what uh, Dave's asking for them, go ahead and make your best offer. You never know what's going to happen. Shout out to football guys for uh, helping with tonight's rundown. We're going to kick it off with the Miami Dolphins' new tight end. It's Jordan Cameron. This according to James Walker from ESPN.com. He says Cameron's going to be the team's go-to tight end now since Charles Clay is now a Buffalo Bill. Cameron, of course, if you remember, was in the Pro Bowl two years ago, is more athletic than Charles Clay, also had a lot more concussions than Charles Clay's had in his career. Uh, Deion Sims is the backup there. Dave, if you are drafting in an FFPC league right now, if it's a classic or perhaps a DE, what would you think about drafting Jordan Cameron and Deion Sims with your boy Ryan Tannehill throwing to him this year?
0: You know, I, I don't really care about Deion Sims. I would have some interest in Cameron. Um, I still, I'm, I'm, I still always get a little nervous about the management in Miami. I just don't trust them that much. Right. But I, I'd probably still roll the dice on Cameron. I'm not too worried about the concussions that can happen to anybody. That's uh, true. So I would just, I would kind of put that aside, and I would, uh, I would draft him.
2: Do you think Jordan Cameron, uh, gun to your head, is a top ten tight end this year? Yes. Is he a top five tight end this year? Uh,
0: I would have to gun to my head, no.
2: Borderline top five though. He's right. very close. If you're about it's to like sh- a
0: top seven, if you're about to shoot me, no.
2: And, and don't, I don't, f-
0: don't, don't shoot me for the top five.
2: And I feel like in order to get him on your team in an FFPC league this year, you're probably going to have to take him in the fourth or fifth round. Right. Isn't that where normally the tight end seven goes off the board? You
0: know, to be like Brad Knapp. Eh, I don't know.
2: Think that's too high.
0: I th- he might go a little you look at him in round he put, six. People might like discount him a little bit.
2: People might discount him a little bit. Let's talk about his old team, the Cleveland Browns. They're signing. Dwayne bow good, yeah, <laughs> good friend of my fantasy teams over the years.
0: Let me just interrupt. it. Mean, okay. It's like it's the crappiest organization with one of the oldest, oldest, crappiest wide receivers. Right. <laughs> it, it's a like, match made in heaven. It's like the ultra sock, right? There really it, are, Is it yeah. the ultra sock?
2: So, I mean, my point is with this Dwayne bow thing, he's going to be the number one there. He's obviously had talent in the past. But you can kind of ignore this for fantasy purposes. You do not want any part of Dwayne Bowe or the Cleveland Browns passing game in I, 2015.
0: I remember in 2008, Leroy Corson told Joe Del and I to take yeah. Dwayne Bow. Right. It was a good pick. Yep. It's 2015. He sucks now. I, I just, I, I can't feel it. I mean, it's, it's not Debo, it's D-Slow. He's no good. You know, I he might be, be- I, you know, anyone's going to be better. He might, I'm sure, you know, we, you know what's going to happen? You know how fantasy is. Right. Week one, he's going to catch a touchdown. Four for 60 in a touchdown because it's gonna break that streak. I just don't trust him. I can't, I can't do it.
2: Connor Shaw, Johnny Manziel, Josh McCown is who he's going to be catching passes from. You, if you needed any more reason not to like Dwayne Bo, there's three of them right there.
0: Their their organization is like 10 times more dreadful than Miami's, which is it's really truly saying something. Yeah, it
2: really is. Adam Schefter on ESPN.com has said something, and that's something. Reggie Bush, officially a San Francisco 49er. Uh, he signs a one-year deal with the 49ers. Uh, Frank Gore obviously goes to the Indianapolis Colts. Carlos Hyde's going to be the uh, two-down guy there. You got to think that Reggie Bush is going to be taking over uh, the passing attack on third downs. How much does this hurt Carlos Hyde's outlook for 2015? Oh, a ton,
0: man, Balky. I mean, you should no really, to you answer should, it seriously. You should, I, you should trade him in Carrington. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, his value just it, it's dropped off the cliff precipitously.
2: I was listening to the Draft Sharks podcast this week. Matt Schauf was uh, talking oh, about. Is
0: theirs better than ours? Uh,
2: obviously not. I, I mean, don't. It's kind of. It's
0: it's, it's, it's kind of sucky. It's, it's the, not that. It's, I mean, the,
2: it's the second best fantasy podcast out there.
0: <laughs> it's. It's. I'm sure it's not as funny because those guys are about as you know dry as a bad white wine. They're funny, Matt. No, they're, I'm sure they're not. They're suck. They're not that funny. I'm sure they know information, but they're not funny. Uh, they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Matt
2: Schauf I, said I don't,
0: intentionally funny. Uh, yes, yeah, they make good jokes. All right, I'm, I'm gonna listen to you. I'm gonna judge. read my I'll review, judge, I'll judge read my either.
2: review on iTunes that I gave him. <laughs> That's so bogus. Um, Matt Shaw said that
0: uh, Carlos <gasps> hides, oh, uh, yeah, Shaw and who else? Jared Smola. All right, Jared, no, they're both nice guys. Jared anyway.
2: Smola, who will be a guest on this show next month, I'll tell you when.
0: Uh, oh, coming really? up at, later on, yeah. So, seriously, I, sh- I shouldn't talk crap about it. No, him. you
2: can he'll just come back at you, which is fine. Um, anyway, well, he can't
0: bring it bulky, like he's he,
2: he brought it already <laughs> he brought it once on this show Matt Choff was, was Matt Chaff was talking about Carlos Hyde and he said that uh Hyde's value has gone up in drafts and he's hoping this Reggie Bush signing will push his value down because he's a big believer in that regardless of Bush being there Hyde's gonna have a good season
0: but I mean you know San Francisco again going back to the whole, whole organizational level I mean they're kind of a train wreck right do you think? Do you think that? Well, they over? lost you, Mike
2: Ayupati, which I think is being underrated by a lot of people. Will,
0: and Willis. I mean, well, I'm
2: talking about specifically for Hyde's value.
0: No, I'm talking about for the overall team. Right. I mean, do you think Chris I mean, do you Borland, think Patrick
2: a, Willis, Jim Harbaugh, all yeah, gone?
0: Harbaugh. I mean, do you think this is an organization in turmoil, or do you think that's yeah. overblown a little
2: bit? No, I don't think it's overblown. I, I it's look. Truly I look at the. Turmoil. I look at the division they play in. They have to play Seattle twice. They have to play Arizona twice. Ah, uh, St. Louis. Who knows how good they're so, I mean, going those, to be now with Bradford all, those, or with uh, Foles?
0: Yeah, those are all good rush defenses. Right. I mean, Seattle, St. Louis. Yeah, and Foles just Arizona, signed Arizona.
2: Or Foles, the Rams just signed Nick Fairley, so now they have Brockers and Fairley and uh, uh long and a uh, Quinn all on that defensive line.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Aaron Donald
2: I, rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, Aaron Donald, Eric, I don't know defensive guys. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying like, it's going to be very difficult for Carlos Hyde to run on those guys, uh, uh, you know, have a good season in 2015, but he's got to face those rush defenses, six out of his 16 games and not catch passes. A uh, question from the chat room, uh, Shane Vereen, uh, excuse me, Trevor Traveris cadet. Is he going to take the Shane Vereen role now that he is in new England? What do you think about that? Kind of uh a, a underreported signing.
0: It, it is, actually. And um, that's a typical New England type of move. I actually would try and be uh sneaking cadet on my, my rosters.
2: Yeah, I kind of like it. You know, James White obviously got praised by Bill Belichick last year. Which means nothing. It, maybe, but be- Bill Belichick doesn't do it a whole lot with a whole lot of other guys. Uh, but, but on you team. You,
0: in August? Like when you, when you right. praise him in August? After, after
2: they drafted
0: him. So he had one quip in August, but now that's like something. Maybe this is a motivation thing? That's. That's junk. Well, okay. I, I, I you may l- think that. I'm no. just saying
2: that it's a it's within the realm of possibilities.
0: Fine. I look to the signing. They sign Cadet. you yeah. realize he's a pass catcher type back. Vereen's gone. It's like, oh, let's just get this dude.
2: You also have to understand that this is the New England running backs, too. You never know which guy is going to have a big game.
0: Yeah. Do not. Im- you can't invest heavily in these
2: guys. Could That could be a good DE. Could be a great DE guy. Yeah. But no. I don't know if I'm sticking with him in classic. Another a, uh, question from the chat room. Rednecks which second year receiver makes the biggest jump? Um, we had uh, brothers Mayhem saying Cody Latimer, uh, obviously he's got quite a ways to jump given he hardly got on the field last year, but I think that that would be a solid selection. It's tough because you look at all the rookie receivers last year, a lot of them were really good year' right. One. Kelvin right. Benjamin was great. Brandon Cooks was great until he got great. hurt. Mike, Mike Evans, Evans was fantastic, great. you know so there's a lot of guys that I think are going to have great seasons. Might not
0: necessarily make as big of a jump. What do you think?
2: Who 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 do you see making the biggest jump?
0: If I had to go with the biggest jump, right. I would take Allen Robinson from Jacksonville.
2: Yeah, and that, and that's really... Now, the thing is, with Jacksonville, you have Julius Thomas there now. Marquise Lee is, is hopefully going to be healthy all year. I don't know how much you get excited about Allen Hurds. No Cecil Shorts. But Robinson, good speed, great size, good hands.
0: Well, not only do good you have, route runner. Do you not, not only do you have Robinson making an ascendant, not ascendant, but a jump from year one to year two. Right. You have Bortles making a jump as a quarterback from year one to year two. He'll get better. So I think I think I do think Robinson. I, I actually like his talent a lot. Um, Cooks is a is kind of like my uh, my secondary choice. Shane Hallam's
2: he, choice in yeah, the chat. He, he
0: did very well. Um, and now with the lesser weapons, I think the cooks will actually make a big move as well.
2: Road Warrior also points out two other guys that could be big in 2015, making big jumps. Jarvis Landry for the Miami Dolphins and, of course, Martavis Bryant for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Two well, other guys that have a lot of upside. This yeah, year.
0: both those are both really good calls, actually. Landry, because you know, Wallace is gone, he's going to be the chain mover type guy catching balls over the middle. Bryant, they f- I mean, finally, Big Ben gets someone that's big and catch passes. I may cut Marcus
2: Wheaton in Carrington. Dude, cut Wheaton
0: sucks. Yeah. I have Wheaton and Fantasy Sharks. I'm going to cut
2: him. Rich Simini from ESPNNewYork.com says, Ryan Fitzpatrick will be ready for training camp. Of course, he's having that leg issue. Uh, it's going to be limited to him uh, this offseason. But according to Mike McKagnon, uh who reported to Rich Cimini, uh Fitzpatrick going to be ready. Obviously, it helps that he knows Chan Gailey's offense. And I'm telling you, man, Eric Decker... Brandon Marshall, Jason Morrow. Uh, I, I I really like Fitzpatrick as a backup quarterback this year. I,
0: I'll
2: really? tell you this. I'll tell you this. In Kentucky, obviously, we're not going to be drafting for, you know, how many months away is that? Like four or five months.
0: I can't wait. I can't wait. Right now, you, I can't wait until Kentucky. If,
2: if I go to bat with a Sam Bradford, Ryan Fitzpatrick, those are my two quarterbacks. I'm totally fine with that right now. I'm slitting my wrist. I'm not sli- I Seriously, <laughs> I think Dude, that that could be a lot of great value. Where is the Razor? Please, I don't understand. You you make it seem like you know, because (laughs) you, you, where do you think you'd have to draft Bradford and Fitzpatrick? Eh, you (laughs) could get a good deal on both those guys and stack running backs and receivers if you go to bat with them.
0: Yeah, it sounds good in theory, but Bradford's the hype, the hype Philly guy. He's a hype Philly guy. If he
2: gets hype, then he's fine.
0: He's going hype. It's Bradford hype all over the place. I don't know if it's reflected yet. It's getting so I
2: couldn't get him in the eighth round.
0: Yeah, it's possible. I would
2: take him in the eighth round. I, I I don't know if so I consider him an, in the seven. An
0: injury-prone guy with no proof switching because switching I'm gonna have from one team to another I, because I have Brian Fitzpatrick been, backing him up. Yeah, that's told. That's all risk. And then Fitzpatrick is the bearded uh, Harvard Russian. wonder how with hard, a fifty wonder. Like who sucks? How hard
2: is it to pick up a quarterback in those leagues? I can pick up Joe Flacco or you know whoever off the waiver line. Why don't you
0: just draft a good quarterback? Why don't you just? Pick, I am.
2: I'm taking the guy with the upside, Bradford, right. who could be a top five quarterback this you're year. You're right.
0: Good point. You take him, and I'll take Big Ben one round later. Thanks a lot. If I I get Big
2: Ben one round later. I'm taking Roethlisberger. I just don't think that's going to
0: happen. Why not? Why? Why is Big because Ben? Because Roethlisberger
2: a putt- finished like as the number four, or number five quarterback last yeah, year. There's boy. no way he's falling past Sam Bradford. I mean, he's a he,
0: rapist. that looks like an ogre. No I, one first call, him early.
2: He was not. Listen. All right. All he, right. I'm sorry. He's never convicted. All right.
0: He's he's just
2: an ogre. Rain it back in. He is he's, an ogre. He's
0: not a rapist. He's a person who had formerly been accused of rape, but he's obviously an ogre and not good-looking, which is why no one wants to draft him. But he's still really good.
2: FFPC Dynasty champ Todd Aaron coming up just on the other side of this news item that I want to get to before uh, we bring him on. By the team. way, do you
0: have a problem with drafting Big Ben uh, philosophically? Oh, he's
2: my uh, he's my quarterback in Carrington.
0: You know I, to be honest with you, with the whole – I don't want to get into the Winston – I know you're a Florida State guy. But get into the Winston thing, I'm, I'm philosophically starting to have a problem with drafting Big Ben. Yeah. I have two – I'm just – I don't know what it is. No, that's, that's fine. I mean I'm, – I'm, I'm off him.
2: Okay, I, I think that this is this has been brought up by other other people in the industry about the misgivings they have about owning Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson. Like, you know, your do own you care moral- about that? No, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> because I'm not I'm not winning any moral points by by trying to do well in fantasy. If if you have a problem with it, that's fine. But you're going to go up against people in your league that don't have a problem with it. And they're going to end up beating you if these guys are better football players and put out better numbers. So fine if you want to be moral about it, and if you're in your fantasy football, your high stakes fantasy football leagues to win moral points, great. But uh, it doesn't pay out.
0: Let me just say, I mean, like, I don't have a problem with Josh Gordon's morality. I mean, dude smokes pot, whatever. No so right. black deal. Blackman's an alcoholic. I'll take him. I don't care. But I mean, you know, like beating people up. I don't. I don't like you know beating up women. I don't like. I don't like that at all. You're, I don't like, I don't listen, like Ray Rice. Listen, I don't. I mean,
2: you're, if you draft Ray Rice, like, it's not like you're saying beating up if he gets a team. It's not like ser- saying, I draft Ray Rice, and obviously I deem all domestic abuse totally fine. Hey, Todd, we'll, Todd, we'll get to you in a second. We're we we're talking. So what? It, it's not like if you draft Ray Rice, th- that is a message that yes, says – that's what you're saying. No, that is not what it says <laughs> and, at all. I mean, well, he's a, it's free like agent, the, it, a free agent right now. It's, it's like the so people it. who on Twitter, like the, in their profile, it says RTs are not endorsements. You are not endorsing domestic abuse if you draft Ray Rice. Let's just –
0: you know, I'm, I'm gonna have to think about this a little. More. I'm, well, I'm a
2: little. You know what? I'm season not. premiere. We have a whole season to flesh this out.
0: I'm, a, I'm at this point. You know, Mr. Aaron, I'm a little uncomfortable. I don't know what he thinks, but well, let's bring him on and we'll talk about it.
2: He's been playing I'm, fantasy I'm football. Starting to get a little morality.
0: I, well, I feel a little
2: bad about the morality. Part. He's been playing fantasy football since 1987. 2014 marked a great dynasty year for him, as he and his father Mike won not one but two FFPC $500 dynasty leagues. Father and son duo is looking to repeat in both leagues this year, and here to tell us about it is the younger half of that tandem. Please welcome into the high-stakes fantasy football, our Mr. Todd. Aaron, Todd, thanks a lot for coming on the show, man. You're welcome.
0: Glad to be here talking with you, Eric, Dave. So what do you think about the whole morality? We're just throwing throwing you into the fire, apparently, Todd. If you had these scheduled questions, ignore those. We're talking to you now (laughs) about Josh Gordon and his problem with weed. Blackman and his alcoholism, and then also you know the whole Ray Rice, Big Ben, Winston thing. What do you th- give me? Give me your take on all these guys. Do you care? Do you, doesn't matter. Uh, from a fantasy
1: standpoint, I don't think it matters. Um, oh, whatever. Hang up, Balky. Hang up. No, no, no. I totally agree, Todd. Yeah.
0: No, that's I, I, I I'm just totally going to
1: draft who I think is going to do the best for me. Now, All right. the odds are that a lot of those guys won't be playing much. I mean, you look at Gordon, he's suspended for the whole year, right? Right. So, and,
2: and, and Ray Rice may never play a, another down uh, in the NFL. I, I, and, right. and I think you make a good point. It's just like, you know, you're, you're not, you can ignore these guys from a morality standpoint. You can also ignore them from a fantasy standpoint, too, because I don't know how. St- you know, how strong a choice is these guys are not only for redraft, but, but acquiring them in dynasty. And I, I don't think it makes uh, much sense for some of them. Some of them, it, it may uh, Todd, when you are, when you're not playing fantasy football, what are you doing for a living?
1: I manage a group of programmers, analysts and consultants within the actual division for an excess and surplus lines insurance company.
2: There you go, Dave. I know that that's, that probably sparked several questions for you. Hey, I uh, uh, so you pretty
1: good at like math and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have a math background. Yeah. Graduated when I was 19 from the University of Nebraska.
0: Hey now, look at that. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. I I, I wasn't yeah. really very good in pre-calculus. Yeah, a lot of
1: people aren't. <laughs> There's no question. <laughs> that's all right,
0: though. That, you know, t- that's just a statement. We were talking about calculus on the show
2: like a few weeks ago, and uh a lot of people emailed us about it saying, like, you know what? Uh, I don't get calculus either. I I never thought, uh, you know, it would ever come up in my life uh, when I was growing up. And you know what?
0: It hasn't. You know what? Actually, yeah. let me ask you a question. This is personal for me, personal. My daughter, her name is Ella. She's 12. And she always complains to me. She's like, you know, she's taking pre-algebra. She's in sixth grade, which is actually kind of advanced, whatever for her age. And she's like, you know, what am I ever going to use this for, Dad? This is so stupid. I hate it. This is ridiculous. Why am I doing this? No one cares. It doesn't matter. So what, what should I say to her? Give me, let me, I'm going to write, I'm truly going to write this down because you have a math background.
1: Well, you're going to use algebra every day. You just won't realize it in uh, some of the problems that you saw. But a lot of the questions that you think about and you answer, you'll use algebra. So that's something that she should study.
0: Because it's part of like logic in life and life and things you do every day, but
1: you just don't realize it, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Once somebody says math, then a lot of people get nervous or paranoid and, or disinterested, but they use it all the time. I agree.
0: I, you know, I actually agree with that.
2: Well, I do too. All right. So we're all agreeing that
0: math, <laughs> math is great and we all use it and all right, we I should be smart about it. Fine. Real question now. So how much do Andre Johnson and Frank Gore have left in the tank, mathematically or intrinsically, however you want to determine it, and what kind of seasons do they uh, have in 2015?
1: Well, let me preface this by saying I generally think players changing teams late in their careers are a sign that their production will decline. Teams decide not to resign them, let them go, maybe the salary is too much, whatever the case may be. It's also hard to integrate into a new team, because uh, football is a team sport. However, I think these two players are an exception. Gore seems to have landed in a great spot. Uh, I think he's probably going to get a 1,000 yards rushing, catch a few passes. He really didn't catch a lot of passes anyway, uh, and probably score seven to nine touchdowns, something like that. So I think that's a pretty decent season. Though uh, I think... Steven Jackson fell into a similar situation a couple of years ago with Atlanta. I thought he was set up for a pretty good transition and he really failed. I think he got injured, but uh, he struggled, but I, I'm still holding out hope for Gore. He's on one of my uh, dynasty teams. So I hope he still does well. Well, and let uh, me ask you I, this.
2: Oh, no, go ahead, yeah. Todd. Talk, talk about Andre Johnson.
1: Well, he's getting up there in age. He's going to be, what, 33, I think. Um, but he should be used more effectively in Indy. I think that's a great spot for him to land, too. And up until last year, he was pretty consistent. So I would think still 80, 90 catches, 11, 1,200 yards, again, seven to nine touchdowns. I, I think he's a pretty quality guy. I can see him going fairly high in, in redraft leagues.
2: When you talk about you know you thinking Frank Gore is going to have a pretty good year for the Colts this year, and you compare that to you thinking that Steven Jackson was going to have a pretty good year when he joined the Falcons, what do you think? And obviously, you know Jackson did not. What do you think the difference is between um, you know why you think Gore is going to have that good year this year? Is it just a matter of him staying healthy? Is that is that all it's going to take? Yeah,
1: because I think he'll give plenty of opportunities. Um, I think Daniel Heron, he'll come in on third down, which is okay because Gore's not really a third down back. You know, he only caught, like, I don't know, 10 passes last year. So I think he's only going to play the first two downs anyway. So, again, that will also help him not being on the field as much. I think he has a better chance of staying healthy. And as you pointed out, I don't think he's been hurt in the last four years. So that's pretty impressive uh, for that guy
2: because he runs so hard. He does indeed run hard. Uh, Todd, we're, we're sort of getting to the point of free agency where the the pickings are getting slim uh, and and the trades have obviously died down. So as you kind of sit back and, and you look at the, the new faces in new places, obviously you, you like Gore for 2015. Who do you think has been uh, the biggest winner from a fantasy uh, a standpoint Uh, as we look towards the 2015 season and maybe who's been the biggest loser who did not end up in a good situation for fantasy purposes.
1: Well, I'll give you some losers first. I think Julius Thomas, even though I like Bortles and I think he'll, I think he'll actually turn out to be a pretty good quarterback, but going from Peyton Manning to Blake Bortles, that has to hurt. Plus just going to Jacksonville. Um, So actually though, he might be a, a guy to buy low. Maybe you think he can bounce back. On the other hand, he just planned that contract. And I don't know, some people have described him as a head case. So maybe he'll just take the money and never really come back. I I don't know. Uh, I think Nick Foles took a hit going to St. Louis, though I I wasn't really convinced of him in the first place. And unfortunately for me, I have DeMarco Murray on both of my dynasty teams. I think he's going to take a hit with the offensive line, Matthews and Sproles in the backfield. That'll be tough, uh, and then Fred Jackson with uh, Lashawn McCoy signing. I was really hoping that he would be able to uh, to get the bulk of the carries this year, uh, and possibly Torrey Smith. Uh, though San Francisco might be behind the whole game now.
0: That's exactly exactly what I was saying. Just
2: Kaepernick lobbing it up to Tory Smith, and you know Torrey Smith could be the king of. Well, he's got one catch for 15 yards in the first half, and then he ends the game. Oh, he ended up with seven for 140 in two touches, you know?
1: Me and the 49ers exactly. lost 31-27. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I so would me, say, well, I, I was going to say the Dallas running backs, too, because I'm not a believer in McFadden. I think one of you two is, but... Um, I that think, ain't me, buddy. I mean, that's not me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's not me. I think they're... They're in trouble and now all those running backs uh, probably aren't worth anything. um it's and not then guess so, I would
0: say Dallas drafts like a uh, Gurley or Gordon or Gordner, Jay one, Yagi. or Yaji yeah. or even like and, you know, any of those other guys, Abdullah, one of those I think yeah. they draft somebody fairly early. I think you're right.
1: Okay. Well then they're you know, they might be able to do something, but again you got a lot of bodies in the backfield, so it might take a year or two to work itself out. I don't know. And then uh, defea- probably the, the the Raiders, um, just because they had a bunch of money and they couldn't find anybody. So somebody like Derek Carr, I think, had a chance to pick up some help, and he just didn't get any help. So in a way, he's probably a loser. And then um, some of the winners. I like Cody Latimer. He only scored four fantasy points last year, so he's probably not on anyone's radar. But he's not going to be a starter with Peyton Manning throwing him the ball. That's got to be a good thing. Uh, For sure. Devante, yeah, Devontae Freeman with Jackson gone. I like Dwight Bell, too, uh, with Reggie Bush gone. I know that Theo Riddick is probably going to step in and do pretty well, too. But I think uh, it'll give Bell an opportunity. So we'll see. And then one of the guys that you two are very high on, DeAndre Hopkins, now that he moves into the number one role. Uh, I think How do you mean? He-
0: <laughs> I love Hopkins. Yeah, I, I mean, I like him, but but uh,
2: obviously, I, I'm not as I'm not the president of the fan club. I'm just merely the treasurer.
0: Yeah. I, mean,
1: I don't think <laughs> okay. he's being one over, overall. Anyway, go ahead. I think it would help if they got a second receiver too to take some of the pressure off of him. Otherwise, they might be able to just focus on him. And until they get a good but quarterback, yeah. I,
0: that...
1: I have another question for you. But going back to Devontae
0: Freeman, do you, do you think the Falcons add somebody else? I mean, Freeman. He's a little bit undersized. He wasn't. He's not really that fast, given his size. Do you think they look for somebody
1: else in the, in the draft? Uh, yeah, that actually makes sense. I, I haven't done a lot of draft prep work. I think I mentioned to you guys, um, I normally take a couple of months off and don't really do anything until after the draft because I like to see where everyone's going. You know, uh, at this point, it's just a lot of speculation, which is kind of fun. But after 30 years of it, I just kind of let it sort itself out. You know what I mean? But yeah,
0: let me ask you this. I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt, but you, you play poker quite a bit, don't you?
1: I do. I used to play uh, a lot of tournament poker online. Of course, uh, I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with what happened with. Uh, yes, the government, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, more, exactly. the government screwed us all. The government screwed us. Yes, we know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I still get out once in a while, so I really
0: like tournament poker. All right, cool. I mean, I'm I'm not – do you offer the World Series at all? That's at the end of May, early June? Or or what do you do there at that time?
1: Yeah, I try and play one event every year. I don't play the main events. I I actually like Hot Limit Omaha or Omaha High Low or Seven Card Stud High Low Split. I don't really play a lot of no limit hold'em anymore. I used to, and about the time I stopped playing is when it just took off. Uh, yeah. Right after Money Maker, because, because you got Monster. out of the game, Todd. <laughs> it's
2: like, oh, Todd Aaron's not playing anymore. Let's let's get, oh. let's all jump in and play. Now we can win
1: money.
0: <laughs> these tables are easy now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, I enjoy playing. You know, getting up there and, and taking your shot. Maybe yeah, uh, go, maybe sorry. one of these. Yeah. Well, maybe one of these years I'll win something and then I'll uh, retire a little bit earlier. Yeah, there you go. That started to get off topic a little bit.
0: Back to fantasy sports. Um, so do you think the dynasty owners, I mean you know I go back to Freeman. I feel like Freeman's one of those risk factor type guys where you don't really know what's going to happen in the draft. But I mean Jimmy Graham is not one of those players. Jimmy Graham was you know, traded for by the Seahawks. They were all they're all about him. But on the same token, do you think that dynasty owners at this point should be should be trying to sell Jimmy Graham to players that aren't really evaluating that they're it's a little bit over running based offense and that uh, it's not the same as having Drew Brees throwing the ball? Or what's your take on that?
1: Well, if people are going to panic, then I'm probably a buyer. His value his value clearly took a hit, but probably not as big as people think. I also believe that, along with Wilson, they'll get better in future years. So, I actually think I would be one of the people that would be interested in picking him up.
2: That makes perfect sense to me. I mean, it, it, the thing is, it's it, you know, everybody's got their own opinion on Graham right now. We we know what he did in New Orleans. Nobody knows what he's going to do in Seattle, so there's going to be a lot of differing opinions out there. And and certainly, if you have a strong belief in him, either way, you can definitely strike while the iron is hot. We are talking with Todd Aaron. He won two uh, FFPC $500 dynasty leagues last year. Looking to repeat in both. Todd, we uh, we we, you know, I know you're not in the whole rookie phase yet, but let's let's stick with the veterans here. Um, and uh, and talk about some uh, some ones that maybe bite, might be on the down phase or, or just starting the down phase of their career. Is there a guy out there uh, that you should be, if you're, if you're a dynasty owner, that you should be selling high on before the year starts, uh, that you can get some good value because his value could fall off the table this season? Yeah,
1: I wonder about Brandon Marshall. He's going to the Jets. I'm not sure uh, how much you can get for him. But I think this might be it for him the last couple of years. And then maybe, uh, I don't know what the value is on Marquise Colson, but I see him tailing off. And honestly, I think somebody like Drew Brees, which I think would surprise some people. I'm going to go out on the limb here and say Brees, um, maybe he's got another year or two, but after that, that might be it. I think. Again, losing Graham Hurts, he's losing some weapons. Colston's probably not going to be around much longer. I know he's, they've picked up a few players, but they've also picked up some running backs. I think they also might shift their offense a little more run-based as opposed to um, the passing attack. So so possibly Drew Brees.
2: And you can call me crazy on this too, but, but just you know thinking out loud – given the fact that New Orleans got rid of Kenny Stills, they got rid of Jimmy Graham, uh, Marcus Colston and and Brandon Cooks are sort of the the two main pass catchers in that New Orleans offense. And I don't know if you'd be able to pull this off from a high-stakes perspective, but is there something to be said for maybe Marcus Colston getting off to a a hot start in September, maybe having two or three good games? Maybe that's the time you flip him at that point, and he, he can become a value right now because his value could go up. Ah, uh, given you know what we've seen from that Saints offense in the past, is there any merit to that, or do you think it's all about the run game for 2015 for, for the Saints?
1: Well, I don't think it'll change right away. They're still going to throw the ball a lot. But you bring up a good point. If he has a couple of good games to start off the season, and people might think everything's just has been. And he, I think you probably could get good value for him. Well, that sounds like a good plan to me.
2: I'm I'm totally on board with that. Um, I mean, I, not that I own Colston anywhere in any dynasty leagues, but I think that, that, that don't I understand. don't. Yeah, it's 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 strange. Malky,
0: that's insane. If all the
2: of all the times, you were the
0: biggest Colston fan in the world. Yeah,
2: but I always owned him in redraft. I never really owned him in dynasty for for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe I have to go make a deal now. <laughs> I'll Do some Colston flipping. Do that be some cheap Colston's cheap. What is, what is Colston going for now? It's, do you think? it's not going to be like, very much. Third. Well, I mean, third, like a third. I think second. I think right now, if you're going to
0: try to apply, Todd, what do you think? Colson, what's Colson worth for a rookie? uh
1: pick? yeah, I I don't know. Um, it's not well, that's a lot. Your of job activity. to figure it out, buddy. Let's <laughs> let's get it done here. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I between the two leagues, I played five seasons. Uh, the one team I finished second, second, and first, and I finished second by a half a point the first year. I was really depressed about that. But i have only pulled off one trade in that league.
0: You know, and okay. The other league, no, this is. Let's talk about this, and go ahead. I'll let you finish your point, and then I'm gonna ask you a question about that.
1: Then, then the other league, um, I didn't have a very good regular season, but I had Arian Foster who was hurt, and it seemed like I always went up against the team that scored the highest amount of points that week. Uh, that though I did do well at the end in the playoffs, so I was able to get a decent draft pick, and then they turned around, and, and I ended up first in that league too, but I've never made a trade in that league. So,
0: so I think that's really interesting. First of all, um, and that you've had six success without trading at all. Um, we, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to reveal something. This is like the big reveal. We have, um, we have $15, $500 dynasty leagues and we actually are launching a 16th, but it's not really a, a public league because we have 12 different owners that are all like trade, hyper trade addict freaks and they're all like oh we we need to create this league and we're like look we're not doing any 500 dollars leagues yet maybe we'll do one maybe we're not like well we got 12 guys so they're all like into it and so we actually created this 500 dollars number 16 trading like hyperactive trading league which by the way todd you weren't invited to uh, <laughs> for good reason so, yeah, obviously. But, so like yeah, obviously. So you've had super success without trading at all. Do you want to talk a little bit about the fact that you're like, hey, look, your offers all suck. I'm not taking them like I'm just going to you know, draft really good guys and then go forward.
2: Well, and and Todd, uh, just be, before you answer that, we did get a tweet from at Craig Camper who had a question for you. He says, hey, Todd, why don't you like uh, trading in Dynasty? You dominate always, but just curious of it's strategy. So, I mean, this is is well known that Todd Aaron is winning leagues, but he doesn't do a whole lot of trades.
1: Kind of explain the mentality behind that. Well, I think it's all based on the fact that I had fortunate drafts uh, the first year in both leagues. So uh, I also have a lot of the same players in both leagues. But in the first league, it was surprising. Every player I targeted, I got. So it started out with uh, Calvin Johnson and DeMarco Murray and Marshawn Lynch and Jordy Nelson, Antonio Gates, Matt Ryan, then uh, Boston. Then I picked up Frank Gore, and later on I got Anquan Bolden. And basically those guys have been on my team all three years carrying me with the guys that I got uh, in the second year. I got Keenan Allen. Then last year I got Martavis Bryan and and then Cody Latimer, which I hope will take off for next year. But it's just worked out that those guys haven't been traded, so they've been sitting on the same teams. They've been productive. They really haven't been injured for the most part. Uh, And I'm winning, so I really don't feel like I need to go out and pull off any trades.
2: If it ain't broke, don't fix it.
1: Yeah, now that's um, at some point that's gonna change, right? Because uh you know I thought maybe Frank Gore, I wasn't sure what was gonna happen, but I actually liked where he landed. But DeMarco Murray, so he's going to Philadelphia now. That's not he's that's not gonna be the same as it was in Dallas last year. But I'm hoping Calvin Johnson can bounce back. Um, so maybe I can get another year or two out of this same team. And then hopefully I can pick up uh a decent rookie or two in in this year's rookie draft and and just keep going at it like that. I was really surprised that every basically every player I targeted I got, which really made me nervous And near the end. I'm like, (laughs) this is my first Dynasty League. I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I just blew it, you know? Um, But it turned out pretty well. Well, Go ahead. ahead. Well, it turned out to be (laughs) – kind of similar in the in the second league. Um, it was funny, though. I, I targeted some of the same guys, but I had to get them around earlier. So that actually made me feel better about the first draft. Like I, The guys I was drafting, it was good and people now realize, hey, there is still some value to Frank Gore. And Marshawn Lynch is better than what we thought. So, um, you know, that worked out well. Todd, we, we did get an email.
2: <coughs> this is, excuse me. <coughs> This is from James in Hackensack, New Jersey, and it kind of leads into w- what you're alluding to with your team getting older, you know, with uh, with Gore and, and obviously DeMarco Murray um, potentially not having as big of a season as he did last year. He writes, uh, a lot has been discussed on this show in the past about rebuilding dynasty squads. Where do you stand on that? Do even the best high-stakes dynasty owners have to rebuild their teams every so often, or are those best owners competing for a title year in and year out. Thank you for the email, James in Hackensack, New Jersey. What do you think, Todd? Do you you think that at some point you will have to rebuild or can you be good enough with drafting and trading to just compete uh, perennially uh, in in a high stakes dynasty league like the FFPC?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And Having only played three years, I'm not sure. So I'm hoping that the talent that I have Along with some draft picks, I'll be able to sustain a competitive team in years to come. But we'll we'll find out. Uh, I'm just hoping I got enough talent on there to do it. Like I said, even though I've been playing fantasy football for almost 30 years, I am new to dynasty leagues. I just started playing three years ago, uh, and I really enjoy this. These, there's two types. I played every type of fantasy football you can imagine, uh, and the two that I really like now are. Are the Dynasty Leagues on uh, FFTC, and then also one-and-done leagues. So you you can start whoever you want, but you can only play them once, one week out of the season. So you really avoid injuries and you get to choose your matchups. You just have to think about the whole season, though. You know, lay it all out, which is kind of tough. But I enjoy that.
2: Yeah, the, the the eliminator uh, uh leagues are, are always uh definitely a lot of fun uh Todd we uh we're, we got a, one more question we're gonna let you go here but uh to to kind of bring everything full circle as you look forward to to 2015 uh maybe from a redraft perspective uh, for this quote to answer this question a player that uh, you want to make sure you, you get a lot of shares of this year you get them on a lot of teams and then a player that you want to make sure he's not on any of your teams this year
1: well, I mentioned Latimer. I think uh, if he flies under the radar, he's going to fall in a good spot. You know, at this point, it's really hard to say how players are going to land. You know, I don't know where they'll be drafted. So the ones that I like, it really depends on am I still getting good value for them. And I'm going to guess for now that that's probably still true for Latimer, though by by the end of August, that might not be true. Um, and then players that I want to avoid – I'm gonna say Derek McFadden for sure. Um, probably the ones that I had listed earlier, like uh, Julius Thomas and Bold and Marshall, stay away from those guys. That's you know, and I know people are gonna draft McFadden uh, before I would even think about taking him, and that's fine. That's that's the perfect way to look at it. I'm never
2: going to get him. I don't want him, so he's off my board. The the quintessential off-his-board pick, that from uh, Todd Aaron, Darren McFadden. Todd, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to wish you uh, the best of luck for 2015. Congratulate you on your 2014 success. Obviously, uh, DeMarco Murray has another big year, uh, not necessarily to the level he had last year, but you could be looking pretty good in those dynasty leagues again this year, man.
0: Make a few trades. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> we'll find out thank you i enjoyed it guys have a good one
0: right, thanks, thanks a lot thanks
2: man todd aaron one half of the uh i believe, believe it was mad genius of fantasy football um mike aaron his, yeah. his father
0: i love that team name mad genius of you know it's, it's intimidating when you get a trade you're talking trades with that he's the mad genius
2: i always love intimidating uh <laughs> fantasy team names what,
0: by the way let's talk about our new team names for carrington
2: uh, yeah, when you was your former well, we, one, okay. Your so, current? for when we refer to this, is the season premiere, so we probably have a lot of new listeners we, we, tonight. We, yeah, Dave. We, I'm sure we have tons. <laughs> our Blake Carrington Dynasty League is sort of our local dynasty league. Um, there's uh, I, it's just me and you. Uh, producer Rob is in it, our mutual friend. I think that's it for people that yeah, people know that people know on this yeah. show. Yeah, uh, oh, uh, Fred Osman, a former host of HSFFR presents Hootis, is also in that league. Yeah, I
0: I'm sure there's thousands of people the hardcore
2: are. guys know who fred osman is <laughs> who,
0: caught, who caught that episode Bobby?
2: anyway um we renamed our teams this year you named yours president underwood after kevin spacey's character in house of cards yep very cool and i renamed mine the law offices of james m mcgill of course uh saul goodman's character bob Odenkirk's character i'm better call saul
0: what's what's your former team name
2: it was the troublemakers <laughs> from, from Pitch Perfect. That,
0: I loved. Uh, by the way, I thought that was great. The you're GIF, the, was,
2: the GIF logo was yeah. What, you're the what picture of the,
0: the the dude who left. What was his name?
2: Uh, Bumper Allen. <laughs> the so picture he, of Bumper. Yeah, sing backup for John Mayer.
0: And I was Nino Brown, and I've now switched to President right. President Underwood.
2: Literally nobody cares about this. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know, but. It's I don't know whatever.
2: Let's talk Jacob Tammy here real. Even quick. our
0: you know, our wives don't care. No, they really don't.
2: Let's talk about Jacob Tammy real quick. All uh, right, let
0: me actually interrupt. What speaking of wives? Oh gosh. How far along is?
2: Uh, Eric's
0: wife went to the hospital today. Yeah, she no. She just, Dude, the she text a, you sent me, she, she, she said she collapsed right. and I she was just, like, oh a, my God,
2: collapsed. She I mean, was sitting like, in a chair and she fainted. It wasn't that big of a deal. Okay. So, it did cost me three hours of my and day. And she's 36 weeks and change? 38. Probably. She's 38 weeks pregnant and but, you know, she's three, centi- seems three like, centimeters dilated. Holy sh- uh, do Oh, well, hey, hey. hey. She smokes. She's, yeah, smokes. Three,
0: three centimeters. Yeah, so the baby will be born shortly. By the way, I go on vacation next week, Thursday for 10 days. And uh, bulky is assuredly to have the baby on no doubt. Wednesday night.
2: Yep. Uh, Orlando <laughs> Ledbetter from the Atlanta uh, Journal-Constitution uh, reports that Jacob Tamme is signed there. Obviously, uh, no Tony Gonzalez uh, for the last couple of years in Atlanta has caused a, kind of a lack of production from the tight end position. He should just come back. They get Tony Moiaki there as well, Jacob Tamme. It is there. Sucks. Is there any fantasy value for Jacob Tamme? No Harry Douglas. No, They,
0: they all suck. I mean, honestly, Gonzalez should just come back. Gonzalez, right now he's probably if, if Gonzalez come back came back it. right now he'd probably be like a top seven pick in redraft.
2: You're probably right. It sucks. Who'd you rather have this year, Tony Gonzalez on Atlanta or Jordan Cameron? <laughs> Gonzalez, uh, if, because
0: dude, truly, in all seriousness, yeah. if Gonzalez said, "I'm coming back. Atlanta's paying me like eight million for a year. I would totally take Gonzalez over Cameron."
2: Let's uh, get to uh, fantasy feedback tonight. Uh, th- we're going to kick things off with a tweet from uh, 2 the unofficial mascot of the show, or maybe official mascot, given the Twitter conversation that took place after last week's show. Uh, anyway, uh, he writes, what round uh, draft pick in a dynasty startup would you give for next year's first rounder? So the old Cavalier King Charles strategy of punting the first year of a, star- a startup to be dominant for years to come. Which is brilliant. It worked out for you in Carrington. You even made the playoffs the first year in Carrington doing that. I tried not it. to, and then yeah. I like,
0: I'm like, i uh, like, I'll screw it. I'll, I'll, get, yeah. I'll go for it. And then yeah. I made it, and then I lost in the first round. Which
2: stinks. But, you you know, I look back at the Carrington trades that you did. You never did a straight-up uh, trade for a first-round pick, so I didn't know exactly how to quantify it. But you said usually the seventh-round area. Of course, a friend of the show, John Duckworth, chimed in.
0: He said eighth round. Eighth, yeah, dude, Carrington uh, – by the way – uh Duckworth's offers generally suck. So just <laughs> keep that in mind. So Karen, if, if, if I keep saying Carrington, Carrington's league, I'm looking up. But if Duckworth is offering an eighth, that means it's worth a seventh. Because he, uh, uh, he right. saw su- he's hurt. Ter- they're terrible.
2: Uh anyway. So that that is sort of where we stand on that two packer. If you're looking to um acquire first rounders for next year, you should start d- and and honestly,
0: wait till you're on the clock. My best, tr- my you best you know, to, to deal
2: that pick. Don't don't deal it before the draft.
0: Right. I you know, I think trading down is a big deal. You no, know, when you're early on, you trade like I had the 113 112 201 area range. Yeah. And the obvious pick was Jimmy Graham. I think it was a 201 in a startup. And so I traded down to the 213, like 212. You know, right. I keep saying 213. Yeah, I was gonna say what this know, is not I, a 13 team. I know league. I'm used to these 14 team leagues. The 21, 212 league spot, and uh, I got Gronk and he took Graham. So that, that yeah. was that was the difference. Yeah, so there you go. Um, Sorry, my interpretation is getting a oh, little messed up.
2: That's fine. Hopefully that, that answers uh two-packer's question. Let's move on to Dave in Azusa, California. Hey, guys, I own Adrian Peterson in Dynasty. I know Balky says to always shop all your guys around all the time, but does his dynasty value change much whether he plays in Minnesota, Arizona, or somewhere else? I'm assuming he's referring to Peterson's dynasty value and not my dynasty value. Can't believe they renewed you guys for another season. That's Dave in Azusa, California. So Adrian Peterson right now, Dave, to me, I don't really think that where he lands is drastically going to change his fantasy value. He just, to me, seems like the the type of guy that's going to be successful in a bad offense. He's going to be successful in a good offense. I don't think it really changes much. So I'm I'm still shopping him, you know, just to kind of see what I can get for him but I'm not worried about where he's going to end up.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Peterson – if you can get anything for Peterson that's solid, I would take it. What, what, what would be a solid uh, – let's talk – Let's. do you want to play Would You Rather with
2: Adrian Peterson? Eh, just sure. do some straight – seriously, we'll just do some straight-up uh, Would You Rather uh, players uh, for Adrian Peterson right now. Would sure. you rather get a massage from a man or surgery from a female doctor? Would you have sex with Cleveland if it meant you could have sex with Angelina Jolie?
1: Who would you rather do? What
2: would you guys rather be? Who would you rather start a small business with? Who would you rather have sex with? Do you want breakfast or would you rather chew on your own ass as usual? What? So we'll look at this from a dynasty perspective, Dave, uh, because that's what the question is asking. So if I was to say Adrian Peterson, would you rather have Adrian Peterson or Mark Ingram?
0: Uh, dynasty. I, I guess I would take Peterson if I'm in a win-win now kind of mode. Yeah, I like, guess we yeah. kind of we got to kind of frame this. What? Yeah, we, let's, let's assume, just assume, assume win assume now. pretty competitive, right? Like not totally like off the rails. Awesome, right? But pretty competitive.
2: Uh, Adrian Peterson or Alfred Morris? Peterson. Adrian Peterson or Lamar Miller?
0: Peterson. Uh, you know, Miller's not. He's not. A, he's a guy who who could get replaced.
2: Okay, here's here I'm I'm shooting way up the board. I'm uh on this rankings list that I'm looking at. Adrian Peterson or Marshawn Lynch. Lynch. Okay. Lynch so, for sure. Uh Adrian Peterson or Carlos Hyde. Hyde. Adrian Peterson or Arian Foster.
0: That one, that one, you know, those both these guys are both at I'd race rather have Foster because I, I I just I I he's more of a
2: known quantity, right? You don't know where Peterson's gonna be playing. And I know I just said that it kind of yeah. doesn't matter, but still wow. I, I I know what Foster's gonna, you know, there's who who knows well, I mean, with Peterson think, too. But I mean
0: to make that same point, I mean Foster's team sucks, their quarterback sucks. Peterson is supposedly this pedigreed awesome all time running back, right? Foster is not. Peterson might have another year or two on on Foster. Plus Foster's kind of that flaky retire early Ricky Williams vibe going on. he's like the smart Twitter guy, right? Where Peterson's like the I'm gonna beat the crap out of my kid, old school, play till I'm thirty-three guy.
2: If you were in win-now mode in Dynasty and somebody was offering you the 105 rookie pick for Adrian Peterson, what would you do? Take it. Really? In a second. But you're in win-now mode. I don't care. I would still take it. I think the value – I mean – What if it's the 110? Peterson's value What if value is, it's the 110?
0: Peterson's value is dropping like Commodore 64. Right. I'm, I'm
2: not saying it's on an upswing. I mean, we know which direction he's going. What about the 110?
0: Oh, uh, Then I would pass.
2: Okay. So somewhere in there like the 108, 107 is –
0: In that range. In that
2: range. Okay. Good <laughs>
0: Uh, it depends on it really depends on what you think because i mean at the one all right we haven't talked about rookies much but i'll just drop into it a little bit so at the one really right now and this is early you have five rookies that are everyone's kind of talking about you have Gurley, you have gordon at the running back position yeah you have white you have amari cooper and you have Demonte parker those are the top five guys Mm -hmm. after that it's kind of a little bit dicey you have uh, johnson david johnson yeah uh, amir abdullah um, at wide receiver, some people are talking about Jalen Strong. I, I think that's a little bit early. Oh, who, who the kid from Central, Brashad Perriman. Yeah, Perriman. Yeah. So I think you know after those top five, it gets dicey. So if you're talking about a top five pick, it's like, oh, at the very worst, if I'm trading AP, I'm getting Devontae Parker, right? Or at the yeah, very worst, no, I'm getting, I'm getting Melvin Gord. Yeah, Those guys are going to be picked in the first round or early second round, almost for sure. So that's worth it. Once you get to 106, eh, not so, not so interested. Gets a and, little questionable. And tight end and quarterback,
2: Skip it. Stay, stay away. That's, We've <laughs> said that on the show. Jo- Min Williams, you can stay away from Min Williams. Right. George in Rockwell, Texas. What's up, Jay and Bill? I'm assuming that's a college basketball thing. Are you buying this Travis Kelsey nonsense that they didn't use him up on purpose in 2014? That, bulky could do his best Joker imitation here. Do it. It was all part of the plan. <laughs> It's I get I, so good. I get that they wanted to take it easy on his knee, but if they were that concerned, why was he on the field at all? I'm nervous that with Macklin in the fold, Kelsey is going to be put in fantasy jail by Warden Reed again in 2015. Something to be said for that. Because if they were worried about Kelsey coming back from this microfracture, why are you putting him on a field where there's 260-pound linebackers chasing after him, safeties that are smaller trying to take out his knee? I feel like, If he's good to go, he's good to go. You don't limit his amount of snaps. I think that that's an excuse,
0: and I'm not buying it. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I don't really. I mean, that's it's an interesting little tidbit. I mean, Kelsey is money. For, for future yeah, but, purposes, Okay, he's money. I mean, he's okay, the guy So, guy you want.
2: You so you're, totally not, want. you're not worried about him having another 2014 where they just don't give him the targets that he deserves? Not, not, okay. not at all. Really. All right, fair Especially, enough. Especially, you know, Devo, DeSlow is gone. Oh, yeah, because that's what was holding him back last year is Dwayne <laughs> no, Bo I mean, not scoring touchdowns. I'm
0: telling you, I mean, Kel, I mean Kelsey is a beast. You know, He's got the Matt Waldman stamp of approval. The number one tight end. You class. know, you know,
2: Dave. The only thing keeping me from making two million dollars a year is my ravishing good looks. You know, it's the only thing that's that's really. You are quite handsome in Mark. my way. Thank you very much, Fred in Honolulu, Hawaii. What do you guys see for Charles Clay this year? I'm a little nervous about Harvin, Watkins, Woods, and McCoy all in Buffalo, and I'm a lot nervous for Matt Castle throwing him the ball. Is Clay a bust for 2015? You are by far and away my fave fantasy podcast. Not close. Thank you, Fred. That's Fred in Honolulu, Hawaii. Thanks for the email. Um, I I think that he might be. I don't know what Buffalo is doing because, you know, when they get Shady McCoy, I'm like, okay, Rex Ryan, they're going to run the ball, play tough defense. But then they get Percy Harvin. Then they pay. And and, and again, I don't have my exact figures in front of me, but I believe it was an ass load. Of money for Charles Clay. That's me a recurring joke. Yeah, the, the ass load. He paid an ass load he for paid him. an ass load.
0: so yeah, I usually and then and they usually, trade for Matt
2: Castle. I don't know what to think. What what's going on with Buffalo? I just think that Charles Clay
0: is going to be lost in the shuffle there. Well, the thing is to get back to the ass load, I usually follow that. I think that like if you're paying an ass load of money, that's good. You you follow the ass load, and then you actually like that player. Right. But you can't, I can't trust. They didn't Castle. pay Percy
2: Harvin hardly anything.
0: I can't trust Castle. I don't trust the organization. Yeah. You know, if it was like the Giants. New
2: coach, new offense.
0: It's it was the Giants or the Packers or Patriots. Patriots you know, smart teams. Yeah. Steelers. Oh, yeah, it's Steelers. It's like, oh, oh we're smart. We're yeah. going to do this. Oh, Heath Miller, we're going to cut you. We're, we're signing Charles Clay. Okay, sign me up. I'm all over oh, Charles right. Clay. But it's, it's the Bills. They're the ones who traded away 2014 picks. Um for, for like Watkins, i mean Watkins is good but i mean you gave away like everything for this year producer
2: producer rob pointed this out to me um you know which team spent the most on guaranteed money and free agency last year who the team with the number one overall pick in that NFL draft of course Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they cut a lot of those guys so we can see that happening I mean, in Buffalo
0: it's just, it's just it's a poorly wrong organization i don't like to to invest in those teams Rocky. Which is, that was my whole problem with Miami.
2: I got you, Rocky in Orlando, Florida. What do you guys think about Nolan's paying Spiller more than they paid Ingram? Do you think Peyton plans on using Spiller on the offense more? If that's the case, isn't CJ the back to own in that revamped attack? Rocky in Orlando, Florida. What do you think, Dave? Something to be said for that, or are we just are we are we is are we reading too much into this that Spiller is making more money than
0: Ingram? Well, I'm not worried about as much about the money, but I mean Spiller with an awesome offense. He's an electric talent. At that point, there's a lot of upside in in various ways. I mean, you have Breeze. You have the offense. You have the fact they're going to score a lot of points. You have his skill set. You have the fact that maybe he was misused in prior seasons. Uh, That Buffalo, again, is a bad organization. So many opportunities for Spiller to exceed what people are thinking of him. Yeah, it's it. it you make uh, very good points. I still like Ingram better for fantasy
2: right now. That could change, but I can't imagine getting on the Spiller bandwagon for a third year in a row. That is going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's it. That's season, season premiere. That's it. You're I'm off scholar. Spiller. Yeah,
0: I'm on. I'm,
2: we, I'm officially note on Spiller. We'll flesh this out. We're uh, later on in the uh, the season. No show next week. You're going to be in Hawaii. I'm going to be in Chicago for my. Exciting. that That is awesome. We'll have to see what happens Sports there. Jeopardy for Valkyrie. So no show next week. No show next week. We'll return live in two weeks with former NFFC and RT Sports National Champ Henry Mudo. That'll be on the April 3rd show. So Dude, is going to be cool. I'm very excited to have him on. I want to thank Todd Aaron, Guinness Blonde Lager, of course Gatorade FedEx, the FFPCR producer and mutual friend Rob, Audio Engineer Bryce, most importantly all of our listeners. Happy birthday John Culligan, former WCAF champ. It's his birthday today. If you see him, wish him a happy birthday. Enjoy the college basketball this weekend and happy first day of spring. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening and we'll talk with you again
0: next week.
1: Yo said that I'm the best in the West.